Welcome to The Conversation, a podcast about technology, instructional design, and learning sciences. With me is Clara Bowler and Matthew Karinga. For this episode, we are focusing on the importance of staying connected to our peers. Peers not just in terms of classmates and students, but also faculty and their colleagues. We'll be talking to a faculty and two of his students. So let's get to know them first. My name is uh, Matthew Wright. I am a professor of physics at Adelphi University. I'm the chair of the physics department. I do research in atomic, molecular, and optical physics, but I've been spending a lot of time thinking about teaching with empathy, and I've been writing a lot of op-eds to that fact. Uh, Since the coronavirus has started, I've been blogging daily. And um, part of this is that uh, Raven and another student have been taking a scientific communication class, and we've been talking about using social media to get the word out on science. I'm Carissa Giuliano, and I am a physics major at Adelphi. I'm a junior, and I'm also in the STEP program, so I have my eye towards being a high school teacher um, after I graduate. And so I really have a a passion and interest in both physics and education, and so tying it all together um, in research and physics club, recitation, things like that. Um, So yeah, that's me. Hi, I'm Raven. I'm a junior interdisciplinary studies major. Um, I'm studying science and communications, um, like Professor Wright said, um, hopefully to do science writing in the future. Let's start with how peers have been present in your life during these times, how helpful they, they are. So can you guys tell us more about how you are feeling peers are being helpful and a support for you during these times? Wow. You know, the uh, 2020 is just, it's just been an absolute incredible year. It's been a a crazy ride. And um, I have a group of friends that I talk to that, uh, you know, there are professionals, there are professors in there, but there's, um, you know, people from all walks of life that have been friends of mine for, for a really long time. There's a detective and a lawyer as part of this group as well. And uh, we talk daily and um, just being able to keep up with everybody's point of view about how the world is going and um, has been really powerful. And when I teach, I kind of think about that. You know, I have students from all walks of life in my class and, you know, how is each one of them individually trying to grasp with what's going on in 2020, right? And uh, and so, you know, uh, one of the friends that I, I talk to frequently is a lawyer and has a completely different mindset than I have. And uh, it's just great to talk to him because, you know, sometimes you just need to look at the world through a different lens. Um, I think from a student perspective, peers have been really, really important um, to helping get through all of this. Just uh, for for one instance, just the social aspect of things, you know, seeing my my friends from school and uh, just on a video chat, actually being able to see them and talk with them. It's just it's tremendously helpful. It lifts the spirits and it, it helps us actually if we're talking about work or something, it helps us get the work done. Uh, more efficiently. And so that's, it's, it's just been really important. I, I couldn't go through this completely on my own without my classmates around me because you bounce so many things off of them. And so it's, it's just been really essential, I think. You know, one of the things that Carissa has been a part of that we've spent a lot of time in the physics department doing is creating a sense of community. And I've been amazed that a lot of that community has continued on even after the crisis has kind of, you know, come and we can't really see each other anymore. So there are there are meetings that are happening and Zoom meet random Zoom meetings and and that that is absolutely fantastic. 
I agree with what a lot of what Krista was saying. Um, taking classes online has definitely been a different experience than being in the classroom, but still being able to reach out to peers and discuss what's happening in classes like you would if you were in the classroom has definitely helped. Um, like being able to still communicate with your professors and peers when you need to know what you're doing for a certain assignment or just talking about how everything is going has been really helpful. So um, I'm thankful that we are able to use the technology to be able to have like the Zoom sessions and still communicate because if we didn't, um, I don't know how classes would still be happening. I have a question, one for the instructors and one for the students. For the instructors, I was curious about, are you doing anything different or in addition now that you weren't doing before we moved to remote learning? And then um, with the students um, as well, like, are you reaching out to your peers in different ways or um, new ways that you weren't doing before we all went online? I, I have this blog and it's, my, it's basically my research group's website. And uh, I've been posting things about uh, you know, about what great opportunities my students, um, you know, have come across over, you know, when they get a, a, a scholarship or, you know, go get into graduate school in some place. Um, and every now and then I would put in some, you know, teaching mumbo jumbo. But recently, I, I and, and I guess this is just, it boiled down to my scientific communication class. And I said, if I'm going to make Raven and the other student in the class, if I'm going to make them tweet 15 times a week and, uh, you know, have post on their blog all the time, I probably should be doing setting the example myself. So once that happened, I just started blogging every single day since basically since around March 1st. And um, what has been absolutely surprising and amazing is that I, I just been blasting out uh, the blog to people in the morning after I've written it and people are just getting back to me every day and um, you know, recommending ideas like shifting my focus. And so, you know, maybe I was like, I had converged to something and they would come in and say something that was, I might've thought came from left field, but it was really critical to what I was interested in. And that would swing me back into the other way. And so it has been absolutely phenomenal. Professor Dana, she does the speech and communications. Dana Battaglia, right? Yeah. And uh, every morning, like I send something out, she gives me a comment, which is kind of like, says like, hey, I agree with you. I disagree with you. Here's why. Let's talk about it. And then we have a couple of emails back and forth. And holy cow, I am getting, uh, I, I'm just getting so much out of these uh, conversations. And like every day I hear from Devin Thornburg, uh, who is a professor in the education department. And uh, it is really, it has really changed uh, how I view the world because I'm always getting this feedback to my ideas in real time. For the students, do you guys read Matt's blog? I do. And it's certainly, it's certainly fun, uh, always a, a fun and interesting read. And I, I don't know, it's just, it's just interesting to see all of your thoughts, Professor Wright. And it's, yeah, <laughs> in, in, in a good way, in a good way. And it's, yeah, it's just something to do. Yeah, I read it too. I get an email every day when you post. I don't know how I ended up subscribed to the blog, but I, um, I do read them pretty much every day and they are pretty interesting. And I'm curious about the scientific communications class that you guys keep mentioning. So what is that class about? And what are you, uh, Raven and Carissa, doing the Twitter part of it? The, how has that become a platform 
these days? What are you discussing? What are you tweeting about? So basically, it's all about how to communicate scientific topics um, to a general audience, pretty much. So a big part of it is um, the idea that social media plays a big part in communicating to the public. So um, we, me and the other student in the independent study, we started Twitter accounts. And um, the goal is that we communicate our ideas to um a general audience through Twitter. And we also um, each started blogs that um, the goal is that we'll post what we write about what's going on in the world on it for people to read. The social media part of the class is only a third of the class. So there's three credits. Uh, so the social media is the is only one of the credits. So most of the time the students are spending writing feature articles. And, um, you know, we'll pick a topic. Um, there's been a lot of coronavirus uh, topics, as you can imagine. And um, so we'll pick a topic and then the students will have to develop a feature a feature article that you might find in a magazine and um, and they'll develop it and then we do some peer review between the students and um, and then you know then the faculty we discuss it and we provide some feedback and um, you know one of the great things about it is that the students are so amazing that the, by the time it gets to our hands it's it's pretty solid you know we, we have you know a small comment here or there but uh, but they're they're very good I think at the end of last week I said we have to start publishing these um, yeah, so it's it's been a great opportunity to get to know the students and work with them, um, you know, the, and have them work together and uh, and work with the faculty. Yeah. And, so one of the things I'm interested in, as you guys have gone online with this and the students are working together, like for for you, Matt, and for the students also, like what is the kind of informal communications? How do the students get in touch with each other outside of class or outside of like scheduled times? Have you guys been sharing documents and commenting and just like how is that working between you? So for me, I'm in more group chats on GroupMe than ever before. And so that's that's a, a really big one of how we got in touch, with, in touch with each other because we can, you know, school related stuff, we can send documents and things or we could just chat about non-school related stuff. And also Zoom and Google Hangout have been our main um, video chat options because, you know, whereas before we would just see each other every day, you know, there, I, there's no, really no reason almost to video chat people from, from school when you see them every day, unless you want to chat them after school. Um, but now it's actually a setup thing that we just want to see each other. And so that's, that's been a change. And that's pretty much what I've been using uh, more, more frequently now. Also, Google Docs has been helpful. Um, like we were saying about the scientific in class, when we peer edit, it's usually um, we'll type on a Google Doc and then share it with each other and we're able to comment and you can see all the changes that your peer makes. So that's been a useful tool. And also just emailing. I find myself emailing a lot more people now than I was when we were in a regular school setting. Um, just to keep in touch and it's an easy way to ask questions and get feedback. Yeah, it's great to get emails from students. Oh, wow. Like for years, you, you wouldn't get any emails from students and now they're emailing you like crazy. It's wonderful. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, this is going to sound bizarre, but I do a lot of text messaging because um, so now I had a big chunk of time where I, I was pretty 
pretty sick. Uh, I mean, we weren't like going to go to the hospital or anything, but like I, I taught my classes and I like went in and passed out. Right. And, uh, and so while that was happening, I really wasn't doing this, but kind of this week and, and, you know, definitely when we, when classes started to go online and, and the crisis was starting to happen, I was doing this a lot is I would just send an email out to the students whose phone numbers I didn't have, but I had a lot of the students' phone numbers in my phone anyways from physics club or from a research group or from who knows why. And, uh, you know, I've just been texting people, hey, how's it going? And um, so many times I'll get a response back, which is like, fine, kind of, you know, just like, okay. Uh, but every now and then, you, you know, somebody will, will dive in. And so last night I, I said to, I asked the student, how they were doing and uh you know and then they had a an emergency and you know we just got we just got into it and started chatting about it so you know i you know meet students where they are and students you know have their phones and they use text messaging so i know some faculty and maybe some students too feel like that's crossing a line they don't want to mix their personal and and professional lives too much you know and there has been to turn on video when they're home or they don't want students to have their their home numbers uh what do you think about that is that like an individual thing or do you think they're just wrong my father he was a marine and so like my whole life he has like raised me like i was a marine and um you know i've never gone into the marines or any armed services but i i get that sense and so you know it's one of the reasons why i'm do physics because physics is very much like you know being in the marines i i think it's like one of the sayings that i often will hear him say about- that's what everyone always says physics just like being in the marines right <laughs> What I, what I often will hear from, what I'll often hear from Marines is that, you know, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine, right? And, um, and you know, and I hear that, I hear that same exact expression from physicists. Like, it doesn't matter what field you go into when you're done. Once you're a physicist, you're always a physicist. So I, it's a long-winded way to get to the, the idea that I, I think that when you're trying to tackle something extraordinarily hard, right? Physics ain't easy. Like a lot of those lines blur. And um, I, I think people are more receptive to, you know, you're spending more time with with students and uh, they're spending more time with you. And so, you know, uh, I mean, there's, yeah. So I think you kind of develop a personal friendship with, with the students. And so I think that that kind of thing becomes appropriate. Um, yeah, that's my opinion, my take. What about the students? You guys ever think like, hey, Professor Wright, stop texting me. You know, I'll see you Tuesday at four. Matt, you're asking a lot of leading questions. Here. <laughs> do you do you read his blog? Uh, do you like his text? <laughs> right, let, let me rephrase that. I, I do think most people appreciate it. And, I you know, I, I kind of teach the same way. But I do, you know, I am I am open to that with my students, too, where maybe they don't want to hear from me all the time or have me nudging them. Um, I know I personally, I, I've never gotten the sense of like, no, like, like, the, you know, don't, don't text me and see if I'm like, okay. Um, and as far as I know from my, my peers, they, I haven't gotten the sense from them that they, they think it's, it's crossing anything. So, I mean, uh, all good on, on my front and my, my friend's front, as far as I know. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a nice thing when a professor reaches out. Um, I know in a lot of my classes, usually we start by just like seeing how everyone's doing. And I think it's a human thing to do rather than just pretending that 
nothing's happening in the world. So I don't think it's weird. I think it's a nice thing. Have you noticed any kind of change in relationship during this time? Because it seems like that it becomes more more pressing for us to reach out. For example, before I would never have reached my students the way I'm reaching them now and asking more personal questions. This conversation reminded me of that. For example, I'm including my son sometimes in my messages saying, you're going to be all right. And then he's six. And then he's like, you're going to be all right. Be strong. So what about you all? So has, has your relationship with your students changed? I think it's gotten worse in the, in the following sense. Uh, I think that we really have in our world down in the basement of Blodgett in the physics department have spent a lot of time building community. And, you know, it's one of the, their, their door professors doors are open. Uh, not always, but they are, they are open. Uh, students pop in just ask questions. I try to encourage students to do this not during office hours. I think Carissa is the only person that actually uses my office hours. Nobody else actually uses them. They just come over whenever they want. And it's very casual and it's very friendly. And since we've gone online, I feel like it's significantly less personal. You know, like conversations will start when you're in person just because of, you know, you'll pick up on some you know, personal thing like uh, the person looks sad or, you know, looks like they're tired. And, you know, you might say, hey, how you doing? Everything okay? And then they'll say, well, no, I'm, you know, working on this test. I can't figure out this problem. And, you know, you, you can help them or, you know, talk about it. But you don't get that sense in, when you're online because people are only really going to reach out to you, you know, when they're ready to ask for the help. So you don't get to, like, you know, intervene at an earlier spot. I mean, Krissa, you're a, you're a recitation instructor. Do you even speak with your students right now? Um, I don't. So recitations were canceled and now it's just tutoring. And so unless they sign up for, for me for tutoring, um, they don't get in touch with me uh, for any reason. And so and I don't really have a, a need to get in touch with them. So I, I don't. And it's kind of come sad. I miss them. I've had a bit of an opposite of experience from you, Matt, in that I think maybe in part because I teach mostly online courses anyway. When I have my in-person office hours, very few, almost never students would stop by, in part because they're not, not physically around. They also don't, if they need help, they would just email me or, you know, we can hop, we hop on a video chat. But um, more recently, I've been doing this thing with Zoom where I have these kind of open op office hours. They can just drop by. They don't need to make an appointment. And I've had four so far. The fourth one was yesterday. And um, in, in three out of four of them, st um, students came by and it was great. Like students are interested in coming by. And I think that would definitely has changed the way I would do it in the future, even when this is over, on having maybe these, um, these open office hours continue just to make myself more available. It's great. I'm jealous. I, I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to actually set that up now. Start setting up a Zoom. See, I had office hours, but I was like, well, contact me and I'll send you the Zoom link. But I think for the future, I'll do what you just said. I'll start the Zoom and then they, you know, if they want to come in, they can stop in. How about you, Clara? Do you have any open office hours like that? People just drop in? I don't. And I think that's a great idea, too. I inspired by this. I have scheduled a few in the coming weeks. So let's see. 
we have Slack set up. We've had it for about four years in the program. It's just group chat software. And I tell the students to send me a direct message anytime they feel like, like whenever, any time of day or night. And if I'm able, I'll write back. And if not, then don't feel bad about bugging me because it doesn't bother me. So I already have that kind of drop-in policy because I want to help them when they need help, not when like some, some forced time when they're not thinking about what they're working on and I'm not thinking about it. But I think that I, I've done so, some live chats too, like informal stuff since uh, the coronavirus crisis. And it has been nice, I think, to reconnect that way. So I'll set up some more open office hours next week too and try to get a little bit of, of density. Like one of the problems with online learning and building community and peer support is if it's totally spread out, then people like never really connect. Like the same way with the discussion forum. Like if there's one response to a post a day, then it's not a very lively discussion. But if you can get like a, a denser conversation, then you get more of that interaction that you're looking for in online. So I think I'll do a couple hours next week, like two days for two hours and try to drive some people there where we can all talk to each other. And that's when you get kind of the, the unexpected conversations, which are, are hard to create in an online environment. Both Carissa and Raven could, I imagine, talk at length about their experiences in, in communities. Uh, Raven is in the honors program at Adelphi, which has an absolutely fantastic community. And uh, physics and the physics department, uh, Chris is the president of our physics club who, you know, last year she was an officer in the club. And, you know, they're, they're a nationally winning uh, physics club. They do all kinds of events together. They're good friends. Beyond that, that's all I really know. I kind of, I'm the advisor, but I just kind of like let them do whatever they want to do. And um, it, it's a really great community. Going back to the text messaging thing, I was at a conference, oh, maybe five years ago, and um, somebody was giving a talk on how to be an effective teacher. And they said, you know, when I'm in my class, my very first day, I write down my cell phone number right on the board. And I say, you know what, if you want to call me, call me. It's no big deal. And he said, no one's ever called me, but they were all right down the number and they're really happy. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. And uh, uh, no one will call me or text me or anything. And I, I put my number on the board and like almost immediately people were calling and texting me. So uh, mostly text. So that's been, you know, it, I guess the students reach out to me versus me reaching out to them. So for physics club, we would usually have our general meetings every other week or so. And the, the thing is, is that they're usually focused on doing a hands-on activity. So we'd be building holograms or building bridges or something like that. Um, so it's a little bit hard to take those online, but we're still doing the things that like where we're selling apparel, we're having elections. And so we're still doing the things that will allow us to still reach out to people and, you know, still kind of generate some of that community sense a little bit. And actually, we are going to have somebody from alumni relations talk with us just about staying connected to Adelphi. And so that's another thing that will kind of bring people together. Um, I think the most important part from physics club is that before we went online, we kind of had it established that we were all kind of just a group of friends. And so having that group beforehand, and as we transitioned online, we still have that group of people that are pretty close. We're, you know, pretty much all in contact with each other. And so that was kind of a pre-set up group that now bled into this new time that we have. And it's just, it's another group to stay in touch with. And so that's been really, really helpful. Again, just know the community that we have there. So like Professor Wright said, I'm 
part of the Honors College. And so that community has been helpful. Um, every Previously, the dean um, would send weekly updates, but now it's more like every few days we get an update, just reminding us of different like activities that we can take part in that are happening online. Um, part of the honors program is um, every semester you're supposed to complete three cultural events. Um, so something that they've done for us is create a, a Moodle page with the cultural events that we can attend, um, different videos of operas and shows that we can watch. And I think they actually made it possible for us to do it with our peers. So set it up where you can have a group of people watching it at the same time um, and using it to still complete your cultural event with your peers and have something to do. So that's been nice. Also, um, there's they just have been keeping us really informed about everything that we have to do, like registration had to happen remotely so you couldn't meet with like an honors advisor so emailing back and forth was helpful to find out the ways that you should go about registering and so having the ability to contact those people um has been really helpful and also the honors college has like an instagram page um where they post frequently about things happening so just being still involved in what's going on with all the people who you would see usually in the Honors College has been really helpful to adjusting. I have another question to you about being overwhelmed. Uh, I think all of us are feeling very overwhelmed right now. I think there's this feeling that it's more work with less time. Although there is this impression that we have more time now because we are at home, but I think everybody feels pressured that there is less time. So first, are you feeling this way? And, and second, how are these, how are your peers helping you through that, like to cope with this feeling of being overwhelmed? Um, so personally for me, it's, I'm, I'm definitely overwhelmed um, with, with schoolwork. When I was on campus, I would go to my classes, come home and work pretty pretty late into the night and now the only difference is that I wake up and I go to classes right here and I'm still just at my desk working late into the night so there's still just there's a lot of work to be done um so so peers can help with that because you know if you're if you have a zoom call scheduled with your friends then that'll help you take a break from your work because whereas on campus you know going class to class, you have to walk from class to class, you have to go down to say the physics department and you kind of get social breaks in between, whereas at home by yourself, you don't really get that. And so that helps you, or rather just me, um, take a break. And also just if I'm stuck on, obviously, if I'm stuck on work, reaching out to peers oh, always helps me saying, hey, did you do this problem? Like, I, I, I'm doing something wrong, you know, can you like, what, what were your ideas? These are mine. And that was, that's tremendously, tremendously helpful too. But really just, again, the social aspect of it is really the most helpful, kind of breaking the monotony. I agree with what Carissa was saying. Um, I think adjusting to being online has been overwhelming at times. Um, a lot of what I've just been trying to do is keeping track of dates that everything is due, um, like really sticking to a schedule for myself has been helpful. I think it's comforting to know that everybody is going through the same thing. So it's it's okay to reach out to your peers and say that you're overwhelmed because they're probably feeling the same thing. 
And it's, it's comforting that, like, you can make jokes about what's going on with your peers and everybody's having the same experience. Um, so there's always an outlet and always a resource for help. For me, also, I'm adjusting from living not at home with my family to now being home all the time. And so just finding a space to do my work and being able to separate myself from the rest of my house to be able to do what I need to do um, has been a challenge. But um, as time has gone on, it's been it's become easier. So I think that being able to like talk to my roommates from school about adjusting to being home and talking to my friends about what we need to do in our classes has been helpful for me. You know, there's a, there was this article in the Chronicle um, this week was like, you shouldn't show your students how overwhelmed you are because they, they, they don't need to see it. I don't remember what it was, but um, it, it, I mean, it was just like, oh, crap. I'm, you know, I, I've been telling my students how overwhelmed I am all the time. Um, you know, I, we got sick and, uh, you know, but we, we never got tested for the coronavirus. The doctor said, you probably have the coronavirus. Um, don't get tested because we want to save those tests for a essential workers if you feel like you're gonna basically if you feel like you're can't breathe anymore and you know get to the er otherwise you know just deal with it so like we were like sick and i was trying to like put on a strong face to uh my students i didn't want to tell them um and then there was this time where like i had to cancel the class all of a sudden because i had to take my wife colleen to the doctor and then i was like well i better just tell them because they're gonna wonder like why i'm suddenly canceling class um and then i told them and you know like you know one student you know like asked me please not please don't die and i, I you know we were ha it's just really serious conversations about being sick at this time but not only that as i started getting better and my wife is still is sick you know and she's actually getting better she was up and walking around they did a craft today which is a good sign but uh you know there monday through you know like sunday and monday and Tuesday, you know, poor Colleen, she was in her bed and not able really to get out. She would go to the bathroom and she'd get winded. And so, you know, she would come back and hop back in the bed and, you know, go back to sleep. Um, and, you know, I mean, it was, it was super stressful. Like I'm stressed about, stressed about her health, but I'm also stressed. I'm, you know, trying to work on my classes, trying to work on being the chair, trying to work on, um, you know, being a parent, right? Cause you know, my daughter's going around, we have, uh, three, three creatures in our house. We have a cat and two guinea pigs. So taking care of those guys. And so, you know, it was just like, get up in the morning as early as I can and uh, work on stuff. And then in the afternoon, it, you know, I'm going to go outside and play catch with my daughter or like work on math homework or whatever. And then, you know, once after we play our family game after dinner, and then I, I'd get like an hour or two to work again in the evening. And um, yeah, that was super overwhelming. And, uh, you know, and I, again, just all the well wishes that I was getting from people and all the offers to help, um, you know, friends were calling me on the phone, you know, just checking in. I mean, it was super powerful. And, um, you know, and it, they also would remind me, not just, I mean, Colleen and my peers and everybody remind me that I was still getting over it and I'm still sick and that I can't go too far. I have to, you know, take it easy. And so, you know, those reminders were really helpful. I heard them. And, um, you know, so like instead of getting up this morning at six and, you know, starting to work, like I, 
I, I felt like I needed to, you know, I, I stayed in bed until eight or eight thirty, And, um, you know, I, I've been taking, trying to take a nap, you know, whenever Emma Rose is like relaxing and it's in the afternoon rather than getting back to work, I've been trying to find some time to, to, you know, take a nap. I put on a, uh, put on some, put on Disney and sit down, lay down in my bed and, and watch it. And then half the time I fall asleep. I've been binging on Disney too, for some reason. Oh, it's great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We're not sponsored by them, but yeah. <laughs> right. six ninety nine a month. <laughs> what are you guys watching? Um, so I, you know, I'm rewatching. I've been really excited about the Clone Wars, which is a, a Star Wars spinoff. Uh, but I really, I really have been rewatching this uh, Star Wars Rebels, which is another cartoon spinoff of Star Wars that I really, really, really like. And um, you know, I, I think it's my favorite Star Wars, better than the movies, much better than these. All right, I'll <laughs> check it out. Thanks. And I'm not answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it, this your response, Matt, uh, right, uh, took me back to Matt Karinga's question about the relationship, right? I feel that um, when we are vulnerable, um, our students understand that we are humans, and uh, and it might get them to understand that they also do not have to be superhumans too. I've got, been getting some messages from my students apologizing for horrible things that they are going through. And I, 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 I answer, look, life is so much bigger than this assignment, for example. I will help you and support you. But right now, it's a lot more important to support your family, to grieve. And, um, and I feel that vulnerability is so important that I disagree with the chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> suggestion uh, because it's such a, a hard time right now so how does Carissa and Raven feel about that I think it's definitely nice to see like you said um, like a human side of a professor you know I, I, I feel like as a student I'm always saying oh my goodness like you know so much work is assigned and things like that but getting a glimpse into the professor's mindset you know and I say okay well they're you know, they're assigning this work at this time, you know, to help me and make sense and things like that. Like, and so just, um, just seeing a little more into how a professor thinks, and, you know, through the good and the bad, just helps, helps me see their perspective. And like, I, I really get to, to learn um, maybe non-school related things just about life from a professor. And I think that's really important as well. You know, it's not just about all the curriculum, it's about learning how to tackle life. And, you know, all of us can help each other and learning it from a professor is just one of the ways to learn it. I agree that I think it's been nice to see the less like classroom oriented side of professors. Um, like I've appreciated when professors ask about like if a duty is good for everyone and being flexible with um, assignments and changing syllabi to accommodate more of what's going on um, and understanding that you know some students might be might not be able to complete things on time because there are other things going on that are more important than school. Um, so being able to connect with professors on that more um, personal level has helped um, because it's kind of made it more of a comfortable setting. Like 
going to class isn't there's not as much um pressure to complete everything and like while students should still want to do well um it's I think it's overall it's understood that like school is something that we're doing right now but the more important thing that we should be focusing on is health and making sure our loved ones are safe and everyone's overall well before doing schoolwork. I was going to ask the students if they have questions they might want to pose to the faculty that are here, uh, if you're curious about anything or what we've been doing or thinking about. I, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really apply to the sciences. It'd be a little bit hard to do, but I guess maybe in humanities classes, um, is, is there talk of professors like redesigning lessons to kind of like re reflect um, what's happening? Say like, um, I don't know about in an education class or something like that. If it if it's relevant, would you talk about, well, what do you, what are some, instead of doing the, what was planned and saying, instead of that, say, all right, well, what would you do online, you know, gear it more towards online things. Uh, I'm just curious about that. I've made some adjustments. I, I happen to be teaching a class on online learning, and then I teach another course on instructional design. And for the online learning class, for example, the students were originally designing uh, an online class that they didn't intend to teach. That it was just more like practice. And when the school started to close, I told them to, um, or I gave them the option, because not everyone is a teacher, to say, um, do you want to design the class you want to that you would have to design anyway as the project and then use that as a final project and, and something like that. So um, I definitely tried for those two classes, I definitely asked to see if there are ways that they can use what they were learning for the class in a way that was also helpful to them professionally as well. That's great. Yeah, you're taking the wrong class, Chris. Uh, in the science <laughs> communications class where it's like coronavirus every week and uh, in the numerical modeling class, we're like modeling like virus transmission and every week we're doing some, something new with the coronavirus. So um, oh, I am in the wrong class. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, you're in the one where I'm trying to keep as much normalcy as possible because yeah. it's, it's a core fundamental physics class. For me, I'm teaching a seminar on smart cities, like how technology is being introduced in cities and pretty much uh, every student on their own just started to incorporate it in how they're talking about their projects and a lot of the things we've been discussing around like transportation and food delivery and free Wi-Fi and all this stuff is just like suddenly like really meaningful. Kind of like, why didn't we do some of this stuff five years ago when we could have? Why did we do it all wrong? So it's not actually serving us when we need it most. Uh, so it's kind of, the course was already flexible enough to incorporate it and just having relevant topics that we're talking about makes it easy to talk about something like this organically when it comes up. And I'm planning for the fall. Um, I'm teaching our learning analytics course, kind of a data science, data visualization. So I'm obviously going to start with, with coronavirus if everyone's not, not sick of it by then. But, you know, like I've, I kind of took off a day from my normal routine last week and just poured through all the open data sets that are on GitHub and was pulling some of them into some visualization stuff just to kind of answer some of my own questions that weren't readily available with, with some of the data I was looking at. Probably what, what you're doing, Matt, with the, the modeling also. Yeah, it's been great. We've been, you know, talking about flattening the curve. Like, what does that mean? Like, let's model that. And uh, 
you know, and so it's been great. There was this great uh, Washington Post article uh, that came out quite some time ago, maybe a month ago, and it, it was all about flattening the curve and all these little models that they had. And I, you know, I, I was just like, all right, we're writing each one of these and understanding what they're, you know, what they're talking about. And that was a really good really good sequence of classes there that was like three or four classes yeah well suddenly like the new york times and the daily news and whatever they're they're talking about logger logarithms and logarithmic growth and yeah i'm like huh <laughs> right <laughs> like, yeah. something we talk about but no one ever knows what it means <laughs> right so, like this stuff has kind of been thrust into the the public spotlight so one of my questions that i have is that Online learning has been around for 20 or so years, right? I don't know the exact date, but you guys are experts at it and and are doing amazing stuff with active learning and getting discussions and all of these wonderful things. And now like the mainstream, the mainstream um, ac- academic community is now all gone online, but like I don't see us taking advantage of the wonderful knowledge that has been built up over this kind of 20 years worth of development that's been done. And, uh, you know, I remember a tweet one of my uh, Twitter friends said, which was like, does anybody have any advice on this? And, and by anyone, I mean somebody who's actually like done some research or taught a class before the, before like this month. I think um, I know I've been reading a lot of these uh, articles from the Chronicle or, or, or wherever as well. And I think there's one, one idea is that what many faculty are doing now is not really online learning, it's remote learning. And the distinction being that this is an emergency versus online learning where you have the time to plan out a course that is intended to be asynchronous. I think a lot of faculty are struggling, understandably so, because they had, what, a week where they had to do this sudden switch. And therefore, I can, I mean, I can understand not necessarily designing the best online course, um, but doing what they know how to do. And I think that's understandable. I, I was going to ask, like, we're about a month away from the end of the semester. And then um, at least here we are doing the first summer session uh, online. And I was wondering for the students, how do you intend to connect with each other once the spring course is over? Yeah, that's a great question. And I haven't, um, haven't thought about it too much, but I was supposed to do a research experience for undergraduates and RU up at Boston University. But, did um, they cancel that? They did cancel it, yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. They're actually trying to move that online. So, which is interesting. So that, that'll be fun, fun to navigate. So I'm trying to do it online because I, they gave us the option of deferring, but since I will be graduated by next year, I can't do it because I won't be an undergraduate. But um, other than that, I think that as far as being in touch with my peers goes, you know, even though we don't have um, classes anymore together, we, we're still talking about things other than classes and, you know, last summer as well, before we were obviously remote, we would still get together and hang out during the summer outside of school. So it might not look like that this summer, but I think we'll still be in touch over group chats and over video calls because, again, everyone's in the same place of, well, what do we do now? So that's what my summer and I think uh, I will look like as well as how, how we'll keep in touch for me personally. 
So I recently got funding from the Honors College to do a fellowship to work on um, my senior thesis. Um, for my thesis, I'm going to be looking at the coronavirus and its impact on society. Pretty much um, thinking about focusing on the environment and its impact on that. So my plan is to write a blog about the whole topic and be posting frequently about different news that comes up about the coronavirus and its impacts. Um, so luckily, I'm able to do that from home, and I don't need to be on campus to do that research. Um, so I will be able to conduct it, and I'm lucky in that sense that my plans aren't really affected. And I agree with what Chris was saying as far as staying connected with peers. Once the semester ends, we'll still have Zoom and texting and everything that we're using now to be in touch with our peers. Um, and we'll still be able to use those sources to talk about like life and anything to that sense um, once the semester ends. Yeah, I love the idea that you can, the technology can allow you to connect uh, beyond just the classroom or the course, right, that you are taking. And um, I have been noticing with my students that um, we have created some new opportunities to make new friends and new peers by connecting with people internationally. So in my classes, uh, Clarissa knows, uh, we connect with international students um, on campus and some of them are not here anymore. So some students are keeping connected with them. And I, we are also connecting with a community of high school students in Italy. And uh, communication is not always perfect, but it's so nice that it also opens up possibilities that I think before, um, we wouldn't have had if it was not for this crisis. So I think it's it's nice to think of the positives of this as well. Are there any positives for you? What are you taking with you uh, that you would like to change once you are back to the to the classroom? I've been slowly moving towards a hybrid flipped class, and uh, so in a way, this semester has been sort of easy for me. Uh, I've been synchronous, but and and probably the way that you would want to be synchronous, and that it's just all discussion, like the uh, the lectures and all of that stuff's been online, and so the classes, our Zoom classes, are just really, you know, hey, what do you guys think about this? How do we solve this problem? And uh, why, why don't you guys break out into breakout rooms and talk about it and come back in five minutes? And um, it's really like amplified that you know this flip class is a good good thing, and I'm really getting excited for my summer course because. While I really do like the physics lab, I'm a big fan of students learning in the lab. When you have to go to an online environment, you can't do the lab. I mean, you can from home, and we will do some of that. But what you can do is you can use it as an opportunity to teach students how to do computer programming. So the lab is actually going to be an introduction to scientific computing. And we're going to do uh, numerical labs, and I'm going to have the students learn how to program. So it's something I've already been doing in my Physics 1 class, but now I'm going to formalize it. And then, of course, once this is all set up, then, uh, you know, now I have a, a, a nice little online class that I can, I can use in the future. So I'm, uh, I'm actually looking forward to that. In the past, um, I had never taken an online 
class. Um, and I always said that I didn't think it would be right for me and that I wouldn't be able to learn in that setting. Um, but now being forced to experience it, I don't think it's as bad as I thought it was. And I have been able to still experience learning in a different way. Um, so now in the future, I would be open to taking an online class. And I think I probably will. So I think it's opened my eyes to other opportunities um, other than just being in a classroom. I think uh, learning all of the new technology that comes along with having online courses will definitely be helpful in the future. Things like how to upload a video onto a couple of different platforms. I am now somewhat of an expert at that and I'm able to help, you know, my family when they need to do the same thing. And so that's just one example. But I think learning all the new technology for me will be a helpful skill in the future. My tip is to don't help your family too much <laughs> or else you're going to get a lot of tech support. You're going to have to fix their printers. Every time something goes wrong, they're going to call you. So that's that's maybe my yeah, you're probably biggest right about advice. That. <laughs> Thank you. It also gives you leverage, though. <laughs> So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of tech support since the remote learning has has happened. And it, it's really crazy, like how, how now a lot of these kind of specialized tools we've been using have been disseminated widely and that everyone now has this broader knowledge. It's kind of an interesting, cool thing. I'm still pretty bad with video. So any help you can get me, Carissa, please. I'll call you and get some technical support. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm here. See what I'm, here see we go. What I'm talking about? It's starting. So we're almost out of time, but I want to see if there's anyone who has uh, some comment or question that they want to ask. This was fun. Invite me back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's been very, very nice to have you all and have a really good conversation about what's happening. And it's exciting. And it's one. it's my positive. I think that... It allowed uh, us to be here together and, and have just have a good conversation. I just want to say thank you to you guys, Chris and Raven, especially. It's really great to have your perspective and to, to meet you guys online in this way. So Thank you so much for having us. It's really nice to be able to, to talk about everything. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Bye, everyone. Take care. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.